Welcome to the Cyclone Scoop. I'm Alex Halsett from 24-7 Sports and CycloneAlert.com. Another snowstorm may have descended upon the state of Iowa over the weekend, but March is right around the corner, I promise you. And that means that the NFL Combine is coming up. In fact, I'm talking to you here on a Monday, and Iowa State will be represented at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis at the end of the week. Iowa State has two participants at this year's NFL Combine in wide receiver Hakeem Butler and running back David Montgomery. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm talking here on a Monday. Depending when you listen, uh, you might be listening a little bit closer to the Combine um, or honored or during the Combine. Uh, David Montgomery will participate and go through drills in front of NFL scouts on March 1st, and Hakeem Butler will follow him on March 2nd when he works out in front of NFL scouts. Uh, this is the first time Iowa State has had multiple players at the NFL Combine since A.J. Klein and uh, Jake Knott in 2013. Um, they also had two players at the NFL Combine in 2012 in Kelechi Semele and Leonard Johnson. Iowa State obviously was represented at last year's NFL Combine by wide receiver Alan Lazard, um, but the trend of having a couple players in Indianapolis um, is kind of something that has not been around, at least in recent memory, but it's something that we could start to see a little bit more with Iowa State moving forward. Uh, David Montgomery and Hakeem Butler obviously represent a, a trend of Matt Campbell players you know, trending on NFL boards. This is the first time in quite some time that we've um, really seen players in the first round discussion, the day one and day two discussion with Iowa State. Um, but we'll get to this in a bit. You know, it, it's something that we could see in, in years ahead as well when you look at some of the talent on Iowa State's roster. Um, but let's jump in on the NFL Combine. This this episode will preview that NFL Combine, and I'm going to do it with a little bit of help. Um, you're going to hear sound bites here coming up shortly from ESPN draft expert Mel Kuyper Jr. Uh, Mel Kuyper, obviously, probably the most well-known draft expert. I think he's in year 38 of breaking down the NFL draft, and he shared some thoughts on Hakeem Butler and David Montgomery, and actually brought up Brian Peavy as well, who we'll get into here on this show. Um, so you're going to hear from him a little bit about those players. And then you're also going to hear from NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah was also an NFL scout for eight years for the Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland Browns, and Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, he goes in depth on Hakeem Butler and David Montgomery as well. And then I asked him, you know, what does Brian Peavy have to do um, to overcome his size? And so we'll talk about that as well. But let's just jump in. I think you guys probably want to hear from these two guys about what they think about Iowa State's NFL draft prospects. And so first up here is ESPN analyst Mel Kuyper Jr. on what Iowa State's draft outlook looks like this spring. Well, I think for Hakeem Butler, it's basically the speed factor and being able to just – the 40 times what people are waiting on. There's a wide range of opinions. Some that I've spoken to think he could be a late first possibility. I thought about putting him in there, but I'm going to wait until after the combine to see how he runs because that's really – he's one of the key guys that I think the, the, the 40 times is going to be important. We'll see if he's a first or he drops maybe into the third round. So there's a wide disparity there, first to third round, and, but there's a mixed opinion. Uh, in terms of Montgomery, you know, he just keeps the chains moving. He, uh, he's a guy who breaks tackles. He gets the tough yards. Um, you know, he's right now my fifth highest rated running back. Same grade as the third, so highest rated running back, which puts him in the second, third round category. Uh, I think Brian Peavy, the corner, uh, as a late rounder, uh, will be a player that makes a football team. He's a spunky, tough kid. He was had a great career at Iowa State, and I, I think of all the kids there that uh, on the defensive side of the ball that had a huge impact uh, on this football team. And it could be say, well, he's a great college player. He's kind of limited, but that's why he's going to be more of a late round pick because of his size, but Brian Peavy, really good football player. So that was ESPN draft analyst Mel Kuyper Jr. 
talking about Hakeem Butler and David Montgomery. He also brought up Brian Peavy, who he was not asked about there. He brought that one up on his own. We'll get to that here in a minute. But before we break down Mel Kuyper's comments, I want you to hear from Daniel Jeremiah. Here's what he had to say about Hakeem Butler and David Montgomery. I'll, I'll start with, uh, with Butler. I mean, he's got rare size and length, and he has some circus catches uh, you know, as you know, when you study him, his catch radius is ridiculous. He's outstanding down in the red zone. You know, the concerns, he's a little bit of kind of a long strider, a little bit plotting as a runner. When you get to the top of your route, can he get in and out? It's tough. You know, there's a reason why we don't see that many six foot six wide receivers in, in the NFL. It's tough to get in and out of your break at that size. So that's going to be something he can display at the combine. You know, can he, can he drop his weight and can he get in and out of the break? Um, smoothly, that's going to be kind of his, his question mark. And we'll see what his top end speed is. You know, he's, he's one of those guys, it's tricky because he really gains ground with that long stride. He might end up being faster than, uh, than a lot of people expect. Um, I don't have him in that first round range, but I think he's somebody that, again, he answers some of those questions at the combine uh, with his ability to get in and out. He can, uh, he can move up a little bit. And then Montgomery is, he is just fun to watch. He's one of my favorite players in this draft. I, I go back through my list, and I've got, gosh, I think 365 players done. And I try and go through and highlight four or five guys at every position. And I just kind of like, these are my kind of guys. These guys, if, you know, if you're running a team, I'd want somebody like this, um, the way they play the game with the, the passion, the toughness. Um, there's just something about them. I'd want them on my team. And David Montgomery is one of those guys for me. I, he's the third, my third running back, vision, patience stop start quickness um, he's he's got a lot of natural instincts as a runner and as a pass protector you know he'll miss some cut blocks that's an area he can continue to improve and get better uh, but to me if he's if he's fully healthy and and gets the you know passes everything he needs to pass from that standpoint uh, I think he's a no-brainer as a second round pick and I think he'll be a day one starter Okay, so now you've heard the initial comments from Mel Kuyper Jr. from ESPN, Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network, and a former NFL scout. Um, I'm going to have some follow-up questions that you're going to hear from them here in a minute as well. But let's start and break down going through each of those players uh, that those two talked about. Hakeem Butler, David Montgomery, we obviously know will be at the NFL Combine. But um, you know, Mel Kuyper Jr. specifically there also mentioned Brian Peavy. So I do want to talk about him on this episode because I think he's a guy that some people think could sneak into the late rounds. He's not going to have a chance to do that at the NFL Combine. He's going to have to do it at, at Iowa State's Pro Day, uh, but he's a guy that could still impress. All Big 12 corner, graded out by Pro Football Focus as one of the top corners the last couple of years in the Big 12. Um, so he's got some upside, uh, but we'll get to maybe what the downside is from the NFL perspective um, here coming up. Uh, let's before we dive into you know these players, I do want to make a note that uh, Iowa State's last player to be drafted uh, was in 2014. That was obviously Jeremiah George in 2014. Um, the the last time they've had two players drafted was in 2013 with AJ Klein and offensive lineman Carter Bykowski. And so that's kind of what Iowa State's going for in this draft. The draft runs I think April 25th through 27th. They're looking for their first draft pick since 2014. They're looking, you know, it looks like Hakeem Butler and David Montgomery should be drafted. I say should because, uh, you know, we all thought Alan Lazard was going to get picked. I think this is a little bit more, obviously, of a sure bet. Um, but assuming both of those players get drafted, this would be the first time Iowa State has had two players selected in the NFL draft since 2013. Now, 
you heard there, Mel Kiper Jr. brought up Brian Peavy. If Peavy were to sneak into the NFL draft in a late round and join Hakeem Butler, join David Montgomery, uh, it would be the first time Iowa State's had three players selected in an NFL draft since 2001. Uh, that year, it was Reggie Hayward in the third round, Sage Rosenfels in the fourth round, and James Reed in the seventh round. So they are looking you know, at, at, um, at a couple different scenarios there, whether you're just talking about getting their first player selected since 2014, that should happen. Should happen that two players get selected for the first time since 2013, but it would be quite interesting if Bryant Peavy works his way into that. But we'll get to that in a minute. Let's, let's dive in and go player by player, point by point of what uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. and Daniel Jeremiah had to say about these guys. Let's start with Hakeem Butler. You heard there from Mel Kuyper Jr. that the big question, the, the question that NFL scouts want to see at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis is Hakeem Butler's 40 time. That's a huge question. You know, what is Hakeem Butler going to run? People know the numbers. They, they see the eye-catching uh, catches. His catch radius um, is, is a, a, a term that scouts like to use. Hakeem Butler, last year, 60 catches on 108 targets, 1,318 yards, nine touchdowns. I think the eye-popping number was 22 yards per reception. He's that big play receiver. We saw it in the Alamo Bowl. Uh, we saw it, um, you know, really in, in a lot of different games, whether it was Kansas, uh, which is a little bit lower magnitude game, or the Alamo Bowl when he went up and made that catch. You saw his ability. Now, I think some people have talked at times about, you know, his drops. It doesn't seem like to to be a major worry by anyone. Mel Kuyper Jr., Daniel Jeremiah, neither of them brought that up. I think teams are so intrigued by his 6'6 frame, uh, his size at 225, his build. Um, now they want to, the big question answered, and that is his speed. Mel Kuyper Jr. brought that up. That's the big question for him is the speed. Um, Daniel Jeremiah differed a little bit. Um, he didn't bring up the 40 as a big question. He brought up how does someone at – Hakeem Butler's size get in and out of breaks. Um, he kind of referenced there, there are not a lot of guys in the NFL that are six foot six. Um, you know, we'll, I'll get to this in a minute, but there's not been a lot of guys that have been six five or six six at the NFL combine, really, even in the last 18, 19 years. So that is the big question. What is, what is this 40 time going to be? And, and it's going to be interesting because when you look back last year, that was a big question for Al Mazard, probably in a much different way. But Al Mazard went to the NFL combine, he ran a four five five. Uh, 40 time and it seemed like it answered a lot of questions I think we all thought well that's a good 40 you know he ran a good 40 there did not come back to Iowa State's pro day and run another 40 because why mess up what already went well and so I think everybody thought okay Lazard has answered the speed question you know four five five that's a good that's a good time and didn't get drafted and, and I don't think he didn't get drafted because of the 40 uh, it could have been usage did, did teams want to take him as a tight end he preferred receiver that's been a rumor there could be different different reasons. Hakeem Butler is a different player. He's got a completely different body if you kind of see them side by side. But it, it kind of gets you thinking, you know, what does Hakeem Butler need to run? Alan Lazard ran a 4-5-5. What does Hakeem Butler need to run? I actually asked a follow-up question to Daniel Jeremiah about that because Mel Kuyper brought it up. That's the big question. Daniel Jeremiah didn't really bring it up. But I wanted to ask him. He's a former NFL scout, a guy that, you know, was a scout for three different teams for eight years. What do NFL teams want to see at the NFL Combine from Hakeem Butler in terms of uh, a 40-yard dash time? And here's what he told me. Any time that, any, that the second number is a five would be a huge win for him. You know, if he runs anywhere in the 4-5 range, uh, that would be great. Even in the low 4-6s uh, at his size, you know, you'd, be, uh, you'd feel okay there. So that will be something to keep an eye on with him, more so even than the top-end speed. 
because he's a strider. He'll build up speed, I imagine, might surprise us with the 40. I want to see, you know, change of direction. Let's watch what he does in the shuttle drills. Let's see how he does running routes. Uh, can he get in and out of the break? Okay, so you heard there from Jeremiah, and he says Hakeem Butler could run in the four fives. That that would be a time that, that NFL teams like. He even mentioned there that he thinks Hakeem Butler could go into the low four sixes and still be fine. But it doesn't – it answers the question. I think that's kind of eye-opening that, hey, if, if Butler's anywhere in that 4-5 range, which i got to think he's going to be. You know, if, if Al Lazard's running a 4-5-5, you've got to think that Hakeem Butler is right in that range, you know, similar. You know, it seems like he has a little bit more breakaway speed. One thing Jeremiah mentioned about Butler in both points on this episode that I've played so far is that – his long legs, his stride, he thinks is going to surprise people, that he's going to be able to build up a 40 time. Um, and so his his question is not the 40 because of that. He thinks it's more what can he do in and out of breaks? What, How well does he move laterally? Um, what does he do in the shuttle drill? So his question is a little bit different than Kuiper. I think it, it comes down to the size and the speed a little bit. But Kuiper's more concerned about the 40 time. Um, Jeremiah's more interested in seeing, you know, what he can do with his size aside from going up and, and making some of the plays that he, that he has. Um, but if that's the time he needs, then I think, I think we're going to see Hakeem Butler succeed at the NFL combine. I got to think he's going to be um, in that four or five range. I don't think he falls any lower than, than the low four sixes that Jeremiah mentioned. So I think his 40 time is looking pretty good without knowing anything. Um, you know, I'd always been asked about, what Alan Lazard's 40 time was and in the, in going into his senior season, um, I was around a camp and I heard someone say that that summer, you know, in, in team workouts, he had run a four in the four fives and he, that's what he ended up running then at the combine. So that proved to be correct. I've never heard many rumblings about what Hakeem Butler's run. Um, people have asked me, I never really heard, you know, what that number is. I think, I think he's a little bit more of a mystery in that regard than Al Mazzard even was. And so that's going to be the intriguing thing, I think, for for fans, for scouts, for everybody to see at the NFL Combine. But I went back and looked, and since 2000, so from 2000 to 2018, there have been 36 receivers invited to the NFL Combine who were either 6'5 or taller. And I don't think any were taller than 6'6. So you're talking about 36 receivers that were 6'5 or 6'6 at the NFL Combine uh, since 2000. That's not very many per year. But of those 36, 20 were drafted and 16 were undrafted. The 20 of 36 that got drafted averaged a 4.52 in the 40. The 16 that were undrafted averaged a 4.62. Now, that's not hard set. You know, uh, I think 13 of the 16 that went undrafted uh, ran below a 4.55. Um, you know, Al Lazard was one of the three that ran a 4.55 or better. He didn't get drafted. So... It's not a sure thing, but obviously if, if teams see the speed there of a 6'6 guy, I think it solidifies them as a draft pick, and then it's kind of what else can you do how, in terms of how high can you put yourselves. I don't think – I think one of the guys that was above 6'5 that ran below uh, a 4.55 at the NFL Combine but still was drafted highly was um, Plaxico Burris. So he's such an elite player that the 40 time was not important to him. That's the question that you got to ask with Hakeem Butler is how important is the 40 time going to be? My, Mel Kuyper Jr. thinks it's the difference between first round and third round value. Um, but even saying that is like, so does that mean if he's a high four fives, he's a potential first round pick? Whereas if he's a, in the four sixes, 
um, or below 4.55 is he maybe sl- slide down to that third round. That's the difference you're talking about. Most people seem to think that he's a potential day two pick at the very least. And so it, it's really how high can he push himself, you know, when you talk to some of these people. And that's what's going to be interesting with Butler. Uh, but going into the combine, that's the big question is what is Hakeem Butler's 40 time? And he will run that 40 time on Saturday, March 2nd, uh, in front of NFL scouts. I think he'll get to run that twice and see what his times come out to be. And assuming he runs well there, when it comes to Iowa State's pro day, he probably will not run again. But the positive is that if he doesn't run well at the combine, which I don't know if anybody expects him to not run well, um, then he could run it again at, at Iowa State's pro day. But if, if, if what NFL teams are looking for is in the four fives, I got to think Hakeem Butler is going to show them something they like. When it comes moving on to, you know, to David Montgomery, the hardest thing for him probably is the devaluation a little bit of the running back in the NFL. And that's not to say that the running back's not important, but when it comes to the NFL draft, if you're not a Saquon Barkley, who's, you know, a top five pick last year, if you're not that kind of talent, you can start to slide a little bit at the running back position. Teams have become a little bit more comfortable with with waiting till those slightly later rounds, second, third, fourth rounds, to grab a, a Matt Forte out of Tulane, to grab a Kareem Hunt out of Toledo. They're more comfortable doing that. It, it's it's more difficult, I think, unless you're that elite running back like Saquon Barkley, to get drafted in those upper rounds. That's what kind of slides Montgomery down more than anything. I think most people project him as one of the best running backs in this draft. Um, Josh Jacobs seems to be the clear number one. I think pretty much all of these main analysts have Josh Jacobs from Alabama as the number one running back. But David Montgomery's right behind there. He's with Devin Singletary of FAU. Um, I think most places I've seen he's above Bryce Love from Stanford. He's in that discussion of three to five, you know, the third to fifth best running back. Mel Kuyper said he's got him as his, I think, fifth best running back. Um, and the same grade as the third best. So the combine could, could help separate him. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah has him as one of his top five running backs. So Montgomery, it's more so like, what do teams need? If you're the third to fifth running back, when does the third, fourth, fifth running back get selected in the NFL draft? Obviously, team needs is one thing. What teams are looking for, different style of running backs is another. But if he really is between the third and fifth best running back, um, he seems an almost certain second-round pick or third-round pick at, at the very least. And so on the surface, it looks like Iowa State could have, you know, two day two or better picks. I don't know if anyone for sure expects Butler or Montgomery to slide into the first round, but they're looking like second to third rounders going into the NFL combine, which could obviously help their cause a little bit. Um, the thing with Montgomery, I think he's a little bit more of a known commodity. You know, when you look at Hakeem Butler – there's this question, how does he get in and out of breaks? Um, what is his 40 time? That's the big question we just talked about. With David Montgomery, I think it's a little bit more of just solidifying, you know, what I think people already know. They probably do want to see his 40 a little bit. You, you know, he can't go into Indianapolis and tank his 40. They probably want to see the shuttle drill a little bit, see how he moves laterally. But they've seen a lot of these things in in-person evaluations from the Jack Trey Stadium press box, from practices. Um, from the film, they've seen a lot of this from David Montgomery. He's a he's a 1,000-yard rusher in back-to-back seasons playing behind an offensive line that uh, in neither year graded out particularly great. It, it improved a little bit in 2018, but it still was not this above-average offensive line probably by NFL standards, certainly. 
And so he's accumulated the yardage, the yards per carry behind, you know, we don't know what kind of offensive line it really was. What, what happens if you put him behind one of the top 25 offensive lines? What do his numbers look like? That's the intrigue, I think, more so than anything, is what can he do behind an NFL offensive line? Um, because they've seen what he can do at Iowa State. You know, he, in 2017, as a sophomore, forced 109 missed tackles, according to Pro Football Focus. Last year, as a junior, he forced 100 missed tackles. And that was basically playing in, you know, 11 of 13 games. If you take out um, his injury against Oklahoma State, did not play. Missed the second half, almost all of the second half against Baylor for uh, being ejected. Missed the first half against Texas for serving a suspension from that ejection. That's basically two games that he missed and still forced 100 missed tackles. They see his elusiveness. They see his ability to cut in the hole, um, to put a foot down and, and change direction. Um, that's things that these these two analysts here uh, that I played before have talked about. And so I, I just think Montgomery's a little bit of more of a known um, you know, he's a, he's an every down back. He can block out of the backfield. Um, but for him, I think it's just going into Indianapolis and solidifying things um, a little bit. But before we move on from David Montgomery, I did want to play a little bit more. I did follow up and I asked Mel Kuyper, I said, you know, what kind of running back does Montgomery project to be in the NFL? What do teams like about him? And uh, he gave a little bit more on David Montgomery when I asked that follow up. And certainly Montgomery is a big-time running back. I mean, this is a kid, you, he's got a lot of carries. He's a durable kid. He's, he, he's a guy that gets better as the game goes along. Uh, he gets the tough yards, and he's earned a lot of his yardage. You know, it hadn't been easy. Let's face it, you key on him, uh, you, that's what teams went in every game, keying on David Montgomery. So, uh, to me, and he can catch the ball out of the backfield adequately, uh, yeah, I think he's a, maybe a two, at worst a three. Uh, but you've got to like gotta love his running style, the way he just he, he attacks, he breaks. He's got really good balance in the hole. Uh, he, you know, he, he always seems to move forward for positive yardage. Um, yeah, I think Montgomery second or third round. So that was Mel Kuyper following up a little bit more on uh, David Montgomery. I thought he gave a little bit more in-depth stuff there about what he likes about Montgomery, what he thinks Montgomery can do at the NFL level. So we've now talked about Hakeem Butler, David Montgomery. Those are the two guys. Those are the two that are going to be at Indianapolis um, at the NFL Combine, and that leads to the the guy that's not going to be at the NFL Combine. I think some people wondered, hey, will Brian Peavy get an invite? That was kind of the big question is, could Brian Peavy get invited to the Combine? And he was not. He was not invited to the Combine. You know, he was a guy that's been all Big 12 the last couple of years. Uh, pro football focus, I think, graded him out in um, 2017, so his junior year, as tying for the second highest grade among corners in the Big 12. This last year as a senior, he graded out as the Big 12's top cornerback, according to Pro Football Focus. I think he actually tied among the, the highest graded corner in the country, regardless of conference. And so he grades out well. He's an all-Big 12, all-conference player. The numbers are there. Teams have strayed away from him um, because of his ability to be that lockdown corner for Iowa State um, for pre pretty much most of his career and for sure – his junior and senior seasons at Iowa State. But he's not going to the Combine, and the biggest holdup for Brian Peavy is something he can't control. It's his, it's his size. You know, Peavy's listed at five foot nine. Sometimes those listings can be an inch or so high. Um, I think most schools accurately list him. I'm not saying Iowa State's inflating his, his height, but sometimes when you go and get exactly measured, maybe he's a shade below five foot nine. Regardless of he's, you know, 
high five foot eight or is five foot nine? That's the big question. Uh, I went and looked, and there's 36 corners invited to the NFL Combine. 25 of those corners are six foot or taller. Four of the 36 are five foot ten, and none of them, none of them, are five foot nine or shorter. So all 36 corners that got invited to the NFL Combine are five foot ten or taller, and 25 of those 36 are six foot or taller. So that's the big thing holding Brian Peavy back is, is his height. And that's something he can't control. You know, he can control his footwork. He can control his ability to cover. He can um, control working on his ball skills, his speed to a degree you can even work on. The one thing he cannot work on, the one thing he cannot change is his height. And that's probably the biggest knock on him from NFL personnel. And it's got to be frustrating for Peavy. I know he's a player that's always played with a chip on his shoulder because um, of that, that knock on him, that he's short, that he's too small or whatever people say about him, it has given him an edge. And now he's just got to somehow make the league. And we, I wanted to talk about him because Mel Kuyper Jr. at the top, when you heard from him, he talked about Brian Peavy at the end there, thinks he could sneak into the late rounds. He was not asked about Brian Peavy there. He was asked what he thought of Hakeem Butler and Dave Montgomery. And he made a point to to bring up Brian Peavy, that he likes his ability, um, but he also did mention the one thing he's got to overcome, and that is his size. But at the same time, Kuiper thinks he can overcome that in terms of being a sixth, seventh round pick, being an undrafted free agent even, that makes a roster because of his ability. Um, I asked Daniel Jeremiah, and he had not watched Peavy's film. He's uh, admittedly still working on the corners in this class. That's the last position that he's working on. He had not uh, studied PV um, closely yet, but he did talk about when I asked what you have to do as an undersized player, particularly a five foot nine corner, to overcome that. What do you have to show NFL teams to get a shot? Whether that's a late round pick, an undrafted free agent, what does Brian PV have to do? And here's what Jeremiah said about that. I have not done the corner yet, uh, but when you're when you're a corner that's that undersized. Um, you got to have special traits. So when I think of special traits, speed, uh, ball skills, um, some real twitch and maybe a little edge to you. Um, you look at guys that have been short that have found a way to find roles. Nikel Roby Coleman's one with the Rams, who I think he, he didn't even get drafted. He ran in the four threes. Um, but he's been able to hang around the NFL because he has that explosiveness. Um, so that's something you're looking for. Anytime with any undersized player, you got to have something. You got to have something to overcome that. It's like a running back that's 200 pounds and is is a high four six. That's tough to sell, man. Like if you're if you're an undersized guy, you got to have a little magic to you, no matter what position you're playing. So that's what Jeremiah had to say about Brian Peavy or really any any undersized player uh, overcoming a deficiency that the NFL sees. The NFL is so much about measurables. It's so much about measurables. Matt Campbell talked about that back during the season when he was I think he was asked about Brian Peavy coming back for a senior season is you just don't know with the NFL everybody thought Iowa State's all-time lead you know one of Iowa State's best receivers Alan Lazard was going to get drafted this guy's a sure draft pick and he didn't leave early or anything but everyone's like this guy's getting drafted doesn't get picked Brian Peavy considered going pro early decided to come back and now he's fighting to just get drafted it seems like a great corner for Iowa State, a great college corner. But the NFL is so much about numbers, 
so much about measurables. And I think Lou Riddick from ESPN, um, for, former front office guy, he made a really good point and said that the reason the NFL is so much about measurables, so much about how big your hands are, how tall you are, what's your, I guess, wingspan, what's your 40 time. The reason the NFL is so big about those numbers is because if they take an unknown, they take, let's say, let's just use Brian Peavy as an example. They take Brian Peavy and he doesn't work out. Somebody's going to say, why did you take a guy that's five foot nine? If they take a six foot one corner that doesn't work out, just the same, doesn't, does not pan out. People say, well, how could you have known he's six foot one? And so that's kind of the whole thing. And it's kind of a, I think, I don't want to put words in Lou Riddick's mouth from ESPN, but it was something along the lines of, you know, sometimes there's this culture of scouting that they overlook these, these, these Brian Peavy's or they, they don't take chances on these Brian Peavy's because they're undersized or a, a wide receiver who has small hands or doesn't run a good 40, but has all these other abilities because they want to go for the, the surest thing there is because there's less questions about taking a six foot one corner or a six foot corner. Because if it doesn't work out, you can say, well, he had all the measurables. He had all the, the attributes that we're looking for. It just must not have worked out. If you take a guy that's five foot nine and he doesn't work out, then they're like, well, you should have known. He's five foot nine. And so it, it is weird. It's, it's, it's uh, an uphill battle for those players. But um, some people believe, Mel Kuyper being one of them, that Brian Peavy does have the ability to sneak in to the NFL draft. And that's what's going to be interesting is, is can Iowa State have three players selected? in the same draft for the first time since 2001. So that's actually a topic I wanted to shift gears here. That's the NFL Combine talk. Um, there'll be plenty um, after the Combine. I'll, I'll have an update um, from Indianapolis and stuff with these guys after the Combine. Um, but I did want to end here kind of talking about the draft as a whole. And that is kind of the first round discussion. And that's partly because Mel Kuyper Jr. brought it up with Hakeem Butler. He said he was close to putting Hakeem Butler in his first round mock draft that he recently released, did not do it because he wants to see how Butler runs and how he performs at the NFL Combine. But it did get me thinking about Iowa State's first round history and who is the next first round draft pick for Iowa State. Iowa State's last first round draft pick in the NFL draft was George Amundsen in 1973. You know, it's been a while. And Matt Campbell can't do anything about that except for bring in players that are talented and will probably have shots to be day one and day two picks like Hakeem Butler and David Montgomery. So that's kind of forward looking. He can't do anything about the past, but the first, last first rounder for Iowa State was in 1973, George Amundsen. They've had some second round picks since then. In 1974, Matt Blair was a second round pick. Keith Sims was a second round pick in 1990. Kalecio Semele most recently was a second round pick in 2012. They've even had some third rounders like uh, Troy Davis in 97, Ellis Hobbs in 2005. Um, so they've had some, what would now be considered day two picks. Some, some of those guys near first rounders when you're talking about Matt Blair and Keith Sims and Kalecio Semele, but not a first rounder since 1973. And it got me wondering, who is Iowa State's next first round pick? And I probably should have presented this as a question on social media. Um, you can tweet at me and tell me, um, on the message board at 24-7 Sports, maybe post, and maybe this would be a, a more wide-ranging discussion at a later date, but who is Iowa State's next first-round pick if it's not Hakeem Butler? Let's say Hakeem Butler doesn't get drafted in the first round. 
than who it is. I think I think your options are really, is it Hakeem Butler or David Montgomery? I think most people think Montgomery is more of a second to third rounder. That's where um, Mel Kuyper Jr. has him, is second or third round. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah has him as a, he thinks, a second round pick. Um, with Butler, uh, Jeremiah did not have as a first round pick. Mel Kuyper says could move up all the way to the first round if he, if he does really well in Indianapolis and, and in the weeks ahead leading up to the draft. So it's really, is it Hakeem Butler this year? Does he end the first round drought since 1973? Or is it somebody else? And if it is somebody else, my other question is, is that player on the 2019 roster? So if, if Hakeem Butler is not Iowa State's next first round draft pick, is the next first round draft pick on Iowa State's 2019 roster? And I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I think Iowa State's got players who will be in the 2020 draft. I think Jaquan Bailey, Ray Lima, and Josh Knipple are their top three NFL draft prospects for 2020, for next year. But I don't know if any of them are first-round picks. Um, you know, I think ja- Jaquan Bailey is a really good college player. He's going to be Iowa State's all-time seeding, leading sacks leader. Um, he's already tied for that record. We'll break it presumably, uh, and hold it by himself after his senior season in 2019. Ray Lima is going to be one of Matt Campbell's best recruits to come through in these early years, a three-year three year guy from JUCO that is just an elite player that doesn't put up the stats at, at, at the interior defensive line position, but Matt Campbell's called him the unsung hero. There's times he's taken up two blockers. I think the NFL has changed a little bit in what they look for. They probably want a little bit more of a quick twitch athletic tackle, but I think Ray Lima's got a place in the NFL. Josh Kniffel at that right guard position has started every game the last two years. Um, he's, you know, the guy that's going to be there for them in 2019. And he's a guy that Matt Campbell thinks is one of the best offensive linemen in the Big 12. But beyond that, um, I think he, he thinks he is going to be a guy that spends multiple years spends, I shouldn't even say multiple, that spends time as an NFL offensive lineman. So I think those three guys are going to be in the NFL. The question is, is one of them a first rounder? I don't think so. And so then the question is, is the first rounder on Iowa State's roster right now? And it's, it's a hypothetical, hypothetical question. It's a difficult question. I'll throw out a couple names. Um, Will McDonald, you know, he's a guy that played four games last year, was redshirted. It's a way premature to say his name and probably a couple others that I'm going to mention here. But just when you look at Matt Campbell told me recently, he thinks he's one of the most pure athletic players on their roster. You know, that's, that's a starting point. You know, if he's one of the most athletic players on the roster, they're going to try to maybe get him on the field in 2019 as a redshirt freshman. Does he have that type of first round potential? Trevor Downing played two games as a true freshman this last year. Um, I've always heard great things about his future high end potential but a lot of that's going to be development on that offensive lineman. He's going to be a redshirt freshman offensive lineman next year. Like it's hard to say, Hey, this guy's a first round pick, but if you're talking about that high end potential, I would throw his name out there. Anthony Johnson jr. At corner. Uh, he can play corner. He can play safety. He's above six foot. That's the measurable wise, you know, he's got it, but he's going to be, you know, what a sophomore next year. Um, so all three of those guys are so young. It's just hard to say they're a first round pick, but just when you're talking about pure talent, the ability to develop, those are three names I'd throw out. And then the last two names that came to mind quickly, and I'm probably maybe forgetting guys, are Jairo Brock and Brees Hall, the incoming four-star top 247 running backs. Um, Jairo Brock, um, I think, you know, now that since they're top 247 prospects, um, 24-7 sports, 
puts round projections on them. And Jairo Brock is projected between the fourth and seventh rounds, uh, according to 24-7 Sports. That's what his uh, recruiting ranking would equate to. And his comparison is to Jordan Howard um, of the Chicago Bears. And then Brees Hall is a guy that comes in as the number 135 overall player in the country. And so his round projection is second to third round. And his uh, comparison is um, Carlos Hyde from the Cleveland Browns. Now, that's way premature. I mean, Brees Hall's on campus. Jairo Brock's not even on campus. But just in terms of what 24-7 sports analysts are projecting in terms of their rankings, their ratings, that's where they would project, you know, when, when, they, when they project that out. Um, they obviously have high-end talent. They were highly recruited. They're highly regarded. But it's just those guys haven't even been in a practice yet, you know, in a, in a Big 12 Iowa State practice yet. So it's hard to say. But, but that, that's, it's a question that's, that's interesting to think about. And I guess we'll find out the answer first in April is does, does Hakeem Butler work its way up to that first-round territory? And if not, it's going to take years to answer potentially who is Iowa State's next first-round draft pick, who's the guy – that pushes George Amundsen from 1973 down that list. But that uh, kind of wraps up the show. That um, puts a bow on what we're talking about. And that that preparation to try to be that first rounder, to try to be that even day two pick, is going to begin for Hakeem Butler and David Montgomery. And again, David Montgomery, uh, Friday, March 1st, will work out for NFL teams at the NFL Combine. Hakeem Butler, Saturday, March 2nd, will work out for NFL teams, and then the rest, Brian Peavy, um, even guys like DeAndre Payne, Willie Harvey, Kyle Kempt, um, Sam Seenbuckner, those guys are going to be able to participate in front of NFL scouts. Probably all 32 teams will be in Ames on March 26th. So that'll do it for this edition of the Cyclone Scoop. I hope you found it interesting listening to Mel Kuyper Jr. from ESPN and Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network. Um, thought they gave some interesting insight. Hopefully um, you, th- you thought my breakdown was somewhat interesting. And uh, that'll do it for this episode of the Cyclone Scoop. The next one um, should be a little bit on the Combine again as well. I'll be in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine, and uh, I hope to have more from there. Um, so you guys can know how did this go um, and what do Hakeem Butler and Montgomery have to say as they pr- ramp up their preparations for April's NFL Draft. So thanks for listening, and I hope you'll tune in next time.